Blog Talk Radio. Once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, broadcasting from the genie bottle out in cyberspace. You know, somebody asked recently, I guess I had gotten some uh, promotional merchants, like little keychains with, with lightsabers on them. And they said, this, this is a beauty salon. I go, no, 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 no. This refers to, when I say Madam Perry Salon, you know, in centuries past, in Europe, United Kingdom, Asia, there would often be a woman who would be a patroness of the arts. And once a week, maybe twice or whatever, or once a month, in her home, she would have a gathering. It was called a salon, a gathering of people. And it could be artists, musicians, authors, thought leaders. They would come together. uh, They would have discussions, talk about what's going on that day or in those times. Maybe they would read from some of their works in progress and share some of their uh, new music. Here's a piece. You know, um, there are stories like that with Franz Liszt. That's how, actually, uh, there was a salon in which J.R.R. Tolkien met C.S. Lewis, or they were both in the same, attended the same salon. And Lewis, who, you know, wrote, uh, was it the Chronicles of Narnia and those books, Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. He was a diehard atheist, but somehow in there, being friends with J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, The Hobbit, uh, Lord of the Rings, Farmer Giles of Wootenham, I've got an entire collection of all his books. There is, uh, somehow, Lewis was uh, converted to Christianity through the group, through his friendship with Tolkien. So that's interesting things that happen. This is what Madame Perry Salon is. It is a salon, a gathering, because I would like to have done that. I'd like to do it now. But even before, even if we weren't in, in the pandemic, it would be difficult to have everyone I wanted all the time with me. So this way I can do it in cyberspace and have people from all over the world come and be in Madame Perry's salon and discuss. And then when other people call in, yeah, you're part of the group too. And I, that just delights me. And um, from what you say in your reviews on Stitcher, on Apple iTunes, comments that you leave on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook and such, you like it too. So keep telling me what you like and let me know who you want on here. Let me know the guests you enjoy because I love this. And by the way, thanks to everybody who's been subscribing and following on whatever podcast. Now, if you're listening live tonight, October 26, 2020, and it's 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time or G, uh, what is it? Uh, GMT minus five. Uh, or 5.03 in Pacific Coast, or this is a 1 a.m. In, in the United Kingdom, wherever you are. If you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, you will be able to call in and talk to our guest. But after tonight, you can always listen to a replay on this. On, on uh, I'm also on 
how many others? Uh, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Podbean, Last FM, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So wherever you are, we're there for you. So anyway, oh, oh, and everybody's been asking. Yes, um, we had Arden Marine on here a couple of weeks ago. Arden Marine, actress, comedian, writer. She has a brand new book called Little Miss Little Compton because she grew up in Little Compton, Rhode Island. You know Arden Marine from Mad TV, from uh, was it Shameless? She's Regina Sinclair on oh, what's the name of the show? Insatiable, yeah, Insatiable. She was on here, and some people who have already bought her books that listened that night and called in have gotten the cute little tote book tote bags that she had made up for it, which is nice. and They've been showing them off, and that's great. So we had uh, Arden Marine. We had Jen Lancaster. Her new book is Welcome to the United States of Anxiety. The woman is hilarious. I love her dearly. We have had some of the coolest people. Dave Koz, saxophonist Dave Koz, was here last week, and uh, he's got some new music for the <laughs> for the for the times. It's called "A New Day," and he wanted this album to be a virtual hug for everybody. And coming soon, we've got Ricky Bird coming back. You may know him as a guitarist from Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. In fact, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with them. And we're even going to have a couple of his CDs to give away. And even more, we got so I've got so many good people come. I'm so lucky, and uh, this is great to be here. But thanks to you for listening and making it so. Now tonight, a lot of people excited about this show, and I, so am I. I've missed my Halloween shows the last couple of years, and you know how much I love them. So this week we're going to have a few extras. Now tonight's guest is. And, you know, sometimes it's always good to be a little skeptical about things. That's where you find the good stuff and the good people. But tonight's guest, they are an elite team of paranormal investigators in North Carolina. Uh, Their business is called Upstate Paranormal and Beyond. And I am thrilled to welcome the team here tonight some of them you know because they've done other, uh, a couple of them have done other projects with me, have been on the show when I've had other guests or did a particular uh, comedy bit with me as, as other, <laughs> as, as characters. But um, I, I just ad- admire these people so much and I'm so in awe of what they do. So I want you to welcome right now to Madam Perry Salon, the team of Upstate Paranormal and Beyond. That's Joshua Millwood, Callie Morrow. And Missy White, welcome, folks, to Madam Perry Salon tonight. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Hi. Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, well, I'm delighted you're quite welcome. I'm happy to have you here. And uh, I'm so glad you could make time in your schedule for me, all of you. I really appreciate that. So, um, Joshua and Callie, I've talked to you before, and I believe Missy White is the newest member of the team. Aren't you, Missy? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, good. So I'm going to start with you, Joshua. If you would, tell us about the beginning of of Upstate Paranormal and Beyond. How did it start? How did you come together? How long have you been investigating the paranormal? (laughs) It's quite a long story, actually. It started like way (laughs) back when I was, I would say, maybe 10 10 or so. the interest for it has been ever since I was just a kid because 
throughout my entire childhood, my mom would watch all kinds of sh- uh, paranormal shows and stuff on TV, and and I kind of sat back thinking to myself, that, yeah, that that would be really cool to have one day is go out and just explore these very mysterious and and really cool and creepy locations and stuff, and delve into the the lores and legends and stuff that so many people's passed on for so many years and uh and ever since i've gotten into it i've been doing it for about four years come december 10th of this year will be my fifth year of doing it so oh yeah well that's great so it has been a lifelong interest for you then and uh now you're doing, you know, this is this is cool because so many things that we we think that fascinate us when we're young, and we think, well, that would be a great thing to do. And sometimes life gets in the way, or your or your interests change, uh, but you've actually got to to grow up and do what you wanted to do, do the thing that you were interested in, which I think is fantastic. Callie, what about you? What drew you to this kind of work? Um. When I was younger, I experienced a little bit of it, but I never got too much into it. And then when I met Josh, um, he was just getting like a team together and stuff, the new team and stuff like that. And I seemed really intrigued with it. And so I joined it. And that's when I found out that I really, really enjoy the paranormal. All right. And Missy, how about you? Same question. You're the newest member. Is this your first endeavor working in the paranormal? And... Uh, what makes it interesting to you? This is my first group that I've been a part of. And to me, the most interesting part is when we go out and we find things, that if I can capture things on my camera, you know, and see it in a picture or if we hear something, because I'm one of the uh, a type of show-me person. So if I can show myself, I, I like it even better. All right, I like that. Um so in other words, if somebody, if you if you encounter a skeptic, you go, look, I'm my biggest skeptic. I got to see it too. So that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Let me ask you too, especially uh, Callie, when you're working with the uh, with the paranormal, do you find, and or or you Missy as well, do you find that um, do you think having some female energy? coming along in, in the investigations and, and when you're out, when you're working on a case, do you feel that that makes a difference to have male and female energy? I myself think it's good to have kind of like a good balance of male and female, but um, I've noticed in the years of doing this that a lot of females actually have more, not really powers, but they're more like sensitive and mediums and stuff like that and some males they can usually just see but there are some very rarely that actually have like beyond powers of being spiritual mediums and stuff what about missy or josh yeah i agree i I think women aren't as skeptic as men and they see things differently sometimes than men do and Josh, you're working with a female team, and you—I'm sure you—you encounter you entities of uh, both types. What do you say? Uh, yeah. I mean, having mainly even like Callie, because Callie used to dabble in the Wicca and witchcraft and stuff like that—the the good uh, kinds—and mm-hmm. just having 
on having a female, not only a female, but a past uh, practicer of that kind of stuff, it opens up so many different varieties and different things, um, good and bad, that happens in the team. Um, but I I fully agree, like with what Kylie was saying, is having a, a, having everything balanced, uh, more or less, having male and female, uh, just just to see what difference or what can be different from anything else. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about things like you know how how do you prepare for this type of work? We already established you know you have an interest and you're like doing it like working on this. Um, and you have you all have a healthy degree of skepticism, so that you're you're not just chasing after any little thing, but you're doing legitimate work. So I want to talk about how do you prepare for this training, and then after that, talk about special equipment. So, Josh, do you want to start with that? Yeah, um, as far as uh, preparation and stuff goes, uh, when we kick things off every time we do hunts and stuff like that, um, normally what we'll do is, of course, we'll plan our plan what we're going to do about a month or so ahead. And um, when we uh, get together, we do like little meetings or something prior to each hunt. And we'll take, and as most people say, we'll put on the armor of God. We'll bow our heads in prayer and... Um, we anoint each other with anointing oils, um, sage each other, um, and Callie uh, does what's known as healing stones, which I don't know too much about, so she'll have to explain that. It's hard to explain sometimes. <laughs> I I myself take the stones along with me mainly just because there are some energies out there that can per se drain you. Like for one one stone that I like to keep on me always. Um, is obsidian because that helps with the negative energy. It helps drain from that energy instead of the energy draining from you. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Uh, could you tell me another stone that you carry and why? Um, I like to also carry um, rose quartz with me, mainly just because I feel that that's a stone that produces a lot of positive energy. Okay, all right, good. Um, so that's how you pre- prepare, how you prep and prepare to go out. Um, so what about training beforehand? Is there anything that that Joshua or anything that you would discuss with somebody who wanted to come on? Would you tell them they need to, is there something they should read or something they should do or watch? Or how would somebody train, how would you be sure somebody would be good for the team and and, and do some kind of pre, pre-hunt training, I suppose. Most of the time, um, there there's really not too, too much preparation. Um, most of the people, uh, like with Missy, for example, most um, of what we do is we pretty much recommend to kind of Google um, – like uh, one of the things that we've actually encountered before, like a shadow demon. Uh, most of the most common things, like orbs that you would encounter doing something like this, we suggest our visitors or guests or um, anyone who's upcoming to do a little bit of research on orbs and stuff like that. Um, not, not too much, but um, look into the different kinds of orbs because um, different colors means different things. 
um, the brightness or, or whatever, like how bright the orb is can mean different things. And so we tell everybody to look into – just research a little bit about that. Um, and when we do training and stuff as far as people coming into the team and all, for example, with Missy, um, our training location is a local cemetery. And it has normally a lot of activity, and we go as, as a little group together and just walk through and kind of test the atmosphere, um, see what the person can sense, if they can sense things. Um, if they can't, that's fine because not everybody can see or hear or feel things. Um, but that's basically uh, the gist of it. When training comes down to it, it's a lot of research and – with being the paranormal stuff, it's more or less you have to kind of do a hands-on experience. Um, but one thing I would say is don't train yourself with watching paranormal TV shows and stuff because the TV shows, they're kind of like reality shows. Some is real, some is fake. <laughs> but a lot a lot of the stuff that you see on TV, you don't want to train that way because you'll be training yourself the wrong way because – it's a lot different being on TV versus doing it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because so many things are that way. You know, like in my work as a publicist, you know, if I have an, an author, it's a new author, and I try to explain to them how they have to build uh, mm-hmm. their, their promotion. And they seem to think because anytime you see, and I despise seeing this on television shows or movies, Somebody just decides, I'm going to write a book. They write one, and as soon as they get it published, which they always have a publisher, people are lined up around the block to to buy them out. And I just keep saying, no, 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 that's just television. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just TV. That's not the real world. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, so... I also want to make sure that people know we're about 18 minutes into the show. If you're listening live and if you would like to call in and ask a question of Joshua, Callie, or Missy, the team from Upstate Paranormal and Beyond, just call us at 646-716-9922. That's a toll-free number number in the continental U.S., 646-716-9922. If you happen to be in a place, maybe a job or someplace where you can't make a phone call, but you're listening and you have a question, you can always send me a message through Facebook, uh, whether it's Jennifer Maudette Perry or whether it's Madam Perry Salon page. Either way, you are welcome to send me a question or comment via message, and I will happily, happily share it. So let's get back to... Uh, we're talking about preparation and training, and I'm going to ask you about special equipment a little bit, but can you talk about, which could you uh, share some of your experiences? And I want to start with you, Josh, and then Callie, and then Missy. Some of your experiences out in the field, on, on the gig. Well, there's a lot to choose from, but... Uh... <laughs> I, I would I actually I, I think I'll share my first experience before I even came into doing the the paranormal hunting and stuff because that seems to be the most impressive story that I have because um, there again as I was saying earlier growing up and 
watching shows and stuff with my mom and uh, like Ghost Hunters and them. They would do a lot of um, Halloween specials and stuff on TV and we'd watch live. And so growing up, there's a local house that is um, in our area called the Foster's Tavern um, in uh, Cedar Springs, South Carolina. And uh, every time we drive by it, my mom would always tell me that there was a spirit that you could see in the um, in the window. It had like a half uh, circle window off to the side of the the house. It's like a two story, kind of mansionish looking house. And uh, so every time we'd drive by it, she would tell me about it, and I'd kind of gaze up to the window, and I wouldn't really see much. Um, and then I think it was roughly around about when I was eight or nine years old. Uh, I kind of got curious because she had constantly told me as I grew up about that. And I looked up, and sure enough, I seen a dressed woman that looked like she had come from a wedding, and she had a veil over her face. And when I had first seen that, I froze. I could not move. I felt like a tingling sensation going down my spine. I, I Tears in my eyes. I didn't know what to think. Or anything, and and you could see, you could clearly see through her, um, and and I confronted my mother about it, and she said that's the 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 lady that they say that watches the cars as they pass by, and ever since then I've I've had tons and tons of experience, and, and seeing things, hearing things, um, just feeling the difference in the atmosphere, going different places. So it's. It's been one heck of a ride, but it's it's fun. It's really fun. Wow. How how old were you when that happened? I I would say about eight or nine years old, maybe <gasps> about a year or two before I started uh, getting into wanting to do this. I would imagine with your mother talking to you about it beforehand, it wasn't quite a freak out moment like you would think. I could imagine if it were me, I'd be sleeping with the lights on till I was twenty or something <laughs> after that. So. I pretty much did that, yeah. I mean, being a kid, I mean, I was a kid, like eight or nine years old, and so I, I was already fascinated with that kind of stuff. And so when I seen it, at that moment, I, I just guess my mind couldn't register really what I just witnessed. And so it, it, it took a moment to settle in, and so I was kind of scared. I was on edge for a good couple of days after that. <laughs> I can well imagine. <laughs> Callie, how about you? Um, my, I guess you would say favorite, even though it's my least favorite. Um, my favorite um story that I like to tell a lot of people is one of the subjects that we've actually covered on our um series Paranormal TV on YouTube, and it is a spirit in one of our local cemeteries that we call her the lady in white. We were just doing a normal hunt, and then just out of the blue, this lady appeared to me, and I just thought she was kind of normal or whatever, but then she started scratching me, and she started screaming at me, and she appeared to me as a lady with long, dark hair, a long white dress with very tattered at the ends, And every time we went into that cemetery, she would always scratch me and bother me. And there was one night when it got really bad, 
where we actually were ran out of the cemetery by her, and she followed us all the way home. And that was probably one of the scariest times because she waited at the front door of our house just looking in. She would also hum to you a song. Yeah, she would hum um, rock by a Baby to me quite a bit. Just imagine that being really eerie song yeah. to you. <laughs> in a cemetery, just all of a sudden you hear Rockabye Baby being sung. You look around, you just see this lady, and then she starts coming at you, and you get scared. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. So so tell me then, how, how did you react to it? How did you um, – because at the moment, you know, now how – now, were you already with, were you already doing paranormal investigations at the time? It was actually one of our, uh, like, maybe fourth or fifth hunt at um, that location. That's why it was so surprising to me that she just appeared because she didn't do it before. Uh-huh. I guess she had to be comfortable. But, so, how, so, yeah, I, even, I know that you guys, you know, you know what you're doing, you study, you train, uh, you keep an open mind. You listen and watch. So, how how do you respond? I mean, how do you respond, or how did you respond? In some situations, it's really hard because you know what you're supposed to do, but then when you try and do it, you realize that it doesn't work. On that case, which I have not seen her in a good while, um, we figured out that she, if Josh was in front of me, she could not pass him to get to me. And so when we discovered that, that's when I came home that night and had a nightmare that she actually drugged me out of my bed and I appeared back out at the cemetery and was hung on the tree that I usually spotted her by. And after that, that's when, for some reason, that dream gave me the kind of courage to confront her. And when I did, that's when she stopped doing things to me and trying to torment me. And I think she just left me alone. We kind of think to this day that the lady in white might have had a child that might have passed away or something, and we had thought for a while that it might she may have maybe thought that Callie either resembled her daughter or she had a negative um, relationship with the daughter that she had and was against Callie for some reason because – we were thinking if she had a good relationship, why would she be scratching Callie? And mm-hmm. so we had a lot, of, a lot of thought went into that, and we still haven't really I – mean, even though we don't encounter her anymore, we still haven't really put our finger on that case in general and figured out exactly why she was so fascinated with Callie. Mm-mm. How does the scratching feel? Painful. And <laughs> <laughs> um, they were kind of – here just out of the blue I'd be doing fine and I wouldn't even see her sometimes and sometimes the scratches I would not feel them and then it would just kind of feel like a burning sensation like not even like a line of a burning sensation but it would just burn in that area and I would have someone check it and it would show that there's been like two or maybe even three scratch marks and almost every single time she scratched me it appeared in threes Sometimes you didn't even notice or we didn't even notice as a group that you had gotten scratched yeah. until we got home. We got home one time, and I just then started to feel my back kind of feel weird. And when I had him check it, that's when it was shown that she had actually scratched me really, really deep, like almost bleeding. And it had basically scabbed over already. Hmm. 
whoa, did <laughs> at any point did you think I'm not going back? This is it for me, or? Yeah, we oh, actually yeah. Um, put that location on um, do not go <laughs> for <laughs> quite some bit. Yeah, we put that on the back burner shortly after that. And speaking of which, there is a couple of pictures that we have uh, of the scratches that she got scratched um, that people can check out on our pages and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And let's go. I'll also be sharing um, – I'm the website where you can find to see these pictures. I'll put some pictures on the slideshow here, um, but I also, if you want to go to their website, it's upstateparanormalb.wixsite.com. But you can just uh, put Upstate Paranormal and Beyond in the search engine, and you'll find it, and you'll see the pictures. I got to take, now I'm going to ask you one more thing. And oh, by the way, also, if you go there on the website, we meet the team, they'll have something, uh, their paranormal TV page for their merchandise, pictures, videos, but also how to book a hunt with them. So we'll get to that later as well. But on paranormal TV, I think that's, that was your episode one, uh, the lady in white. So I'm going to yeah. ask you something else. Since you talked about how many times she scratched. And I mean, obviously this was, Really scratching. This wasn't just trying to get your attention. This was with, uh, you know, with feeling. What you said she was white. What, what kind of dress? What kind of clothes? Was it kind of old fashioned? Um, it's really different to describe because usually spirits that I see in like a white dress or whatever, they're usually wedding dresses. But this one, like. It's basically just a plain white dress that has, it's like a sleeveless dress that is just tattered and kind of dirty. Looking. I was going to say, for a woman to scratch a woman, that's got to be kind of old school. You know, these days, you know, we see <laughs> enough videos on YouTube. Maybe we'll just go ahead and duke it out in the hall, in the, in the, in the lane at Walmart. So <laughs> I'm glad you me too. <laughs> Has a full-on brawl with a ghost. Yeah, it's been quite interesting to watch on video. Yeah, I can't hit her, but she can hit me. <laughs> that it just kind of goes right through. Wow. Okay, so yeah, definitely watch watch the paranormal TV on the Upstate Paranormal and Beyond if you want to see some um, some ghost. I don't know what to say. Ghost bitch slapping. I'm not calling you a bitch, but you know what I'm saying, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> floundering here. This is just uh, this is just amazing. Uh, well, Missy, let's talk about you. Uh, do you have a story or one experience you'd like to share with us? And by the way, uh, before you start, again, if you're listening live and you want to give us a call and talk to this team from Upstate Paranormal and Beyond, Joshua, Callie, and Missy, call 646-716-9922. Because we'll be waiting for you. All right, Missy, go ahead. Okay. My favorite story that I typically tell people uh, involves my oldest daughter. Um, my grandmother had passed away not long after my daughter was born, and um, she never got to hold her or anything like that. Well, I would have things happen in my house, you know, things would move and stuff to make you think, did I move that or am I going crazy or whatever? And, you know, just things you, you can't ever prove nothing. It, just let it go. Well, as my daughter got older, she had an imaginary friend. And, you know, she talked about this friend all the time. And 
I guess she's about four years old, and I just happened to ask her one day, out of curiosity's sake, you know, what's your imaginary friend look like? And she described my grandmother to a T, who she really had never met because she was only a couple months old when she died. But And I, I honestly believe that my grandmother was her imaginary friend, and I believe my grandmother was the one moving things in my house because not long after that, I just had a little conversation with the heir and said, you know, if you're here, that's fine, but quit moving my stuff. I feel like I'm going crazy. And after that, my <laughs> stuff quit moving. But my daughter still had her imaginary friend until she grew out of it for years. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, listen, I'm not, and believe me, I'm not laughing at you with that. I'm laughing with you because, yeah. you know, I've heard people say sometimes that, you know, when uh, somebody in your life is, uh, comes back as spirit after they've crossed over, that they will, um, that they'll do things to get your to try to get your attention, like maybe turn the lights on and off, or move things around. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and so when um, when my cousin died, my favorite cousin passed, um, way too young. He had been in an accident, and at one time. I remember, because uh, I had grieved for him. Uh, I just loved him so much. I grieved so deeply for him so long. And then I remember riding in my car and seeing the light and the, the inside light flash on and off, on and off. And I tried to fix it, and I think, and it would just keep on. And finally, I just thought about it, and I thought, I said, you know, Michael, if this is you, please let me know by not doing this anymore, because... If it's you, I am grateful that you're contacting me, but I'm also scared to death I've got an electrical problem in the car. <laughs> it's going to cost me a fortune or leave me stranded on the side of the road. So please don't scare me anymore. <laughs> and it didn't happen again. So that's why I was, when you said that, that's why I'm laughing. I'm seriously laughing with. Yeah. So did you tell anybody else about it, or did your daughter tell anybody else that she had this uh, special imaginary friend? Or special friend she she doesn't remember it you know they say after they get a certain age they you know they say children can see things and then after they get out of a certain age they kind of grow out of it and um when she got older I asked her about it and she doesn't remember having an imaginary friend or anything you know but yeah I've told many people especially people that are skeptical and I was like well I was too but I've experienced things for myself and this is one of the things I experienced you know, so, yeah, I've told quite a few people. Sometimes they look at me funny, and sometimes they, you know, make some things. Yeah, definitely. All right. I am going to uh, stop and play a little uh, message from somebody, so it'll give us about 45 seconds uh, for each of us to get something to drink, because I know my water is just, uh, <laughs> my water glass is empty. <laughs> so I'm going to, um, yeah, play a little special special. <laughs> I can talk once I get some more water. I'm going to play a little special message, and we'll be back in 45 seconds. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the duck, 
I'm like, she's going to an interview, and I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm back. Barely in time. Just a couple of seconds late. I couldn't get the mouse to work. Um, anyway, yeah. This is Madam Perry, your groove mistress, your spiritual advisor, your host of the podcast, Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. And I am here tonight. I am so I, – I just, I just really, really think a lot of these people. I'm here tonight with the team. From Upstate Paranormal and Beyond, Joshua Millwood, Callie Marrow, and Missy White. And they are talking about the kind of work they do, investigating the paranormal for people. So I don't know where to go next. We're going to talk about some of the special equipment that you have or talk about when people contact you. And before we go, uh, and remember, you can call 646-716-9922 and ask a question about some kind of ghostly presence or, or what to do or what to look for if you think you've got a, a spirit coming around your house or something. Um, when people want to want to contact you to book a hunt or to check something out, tell me how the procedure usually goes. Are they usually nervous when they call or do they call with a specific question or or feel like they they know what's going on or don't? Uh, so to go into a little uh, detail, uh, I'll use an example as um, the first person that actually called, which is, I would say, about three years ago. Um, we did, or I did my first uh, house case, and um, they called me or messaged me on Facebook first. And for me, it was shocking because I didn't expect that soon um, after I had literally just started doing um, the paranormal stuff. uh, They contacted me, and um, of course, it was uh, basically, hey, who is – is this the paranormal people or whatever? And uh, I was like, yeah. Of course, at the time, I I don't remember the name, but we went under a different name at that point. And they contacted me and was, of course, trying to confirm that it was the the correct group. And they had said that they had heard about us from somebody that seen us um, online and told us uh, the experiences that they were encountering that um, it was the grandmother that contacted us and told us that her grandchild was acting negative towards her mom and stuff. She didn't really act nervous or anything when she contacted us. And so it, it, I would think that it would be weird like if I was not in the paranormal and I reached out to a paranormal team, I would kind of be nervous because a lot of people, when you have really weird stories or experiences that you share, a lot of people doesn't believe that stuff or they think that you're out of your mind and stuff when you when you share certain stories. And so – I would have thought that for her to contact me, she probably would have been nervous uh, telling me the things that she was telling me and sending me the picture that she sent, um, which was uh, a spirit standing in one of their doorways. Um, 
I would think that she would have been nervous, but she didn't seem nervous at all. Um, but me, for me, if I was the one calling someone, I'd be nervous because I mm-hmm. would tell them, <laughs> telling them the story. I would think, are they going to think I'm a nut or or like <laughs> call the psych ward or something on me? <laughs> <laughs> because there's not a lot of people that believes in the paranormal or anything. Uh, there's some people that doesn't even touch anything or or get anywhere near any of that stuff. And so when you tell certain people, they'll just look at you like you're out of your mind. I know that look. So <laughs> I've gotten it a lot. So now let me ask you, now if people call, contact you and they can find you on your website and they contact you for a hunt, is it expensive? Absolutely not. It is, uh, as of right now, all we do is accept donations. That's pretty much it, and it's completely out of their pocket, their choice, how much ever they want to pay us, how much they think our service is worth, I guess. Um, they can pay us that way. Um, now, granted, if it's like uh, – since we're based in South Carolina, if it's like North Carolina or if we have to travel like to Alabama, California, or places like that, which we do travel – um, if if we have to travel now, we'll make them pay us gas money pretty much, or if we have to stay in a hotel, we would probably charge for hotel fees and stuff. But we don't charge at all um, because we fully uh, believe because we're the ones that wanted to start this team. We're the ones that's in it, and so we believe that we should be able to fund ourselves and do for ourselves. We don't think anybody else has to pay us for anything, and we're all about helping people, so if – somebody ever calls us, we're about helping them and making sure that um, the paranormal is handled the correct way, and uh, that's basically it. We don't, we don't really like to charge nobody too much. Whoa. Wow. So you, you really do feel like you're doing a service to help people. I mean, that's your intent. Pretty much. Oh, that's good because you know as well as I do. It's like any business. So there are people who feel like they get fleeced or have been mm-hmm. uh, been fleeced by somebody. It's and you read about it all the time. Oh, I paid them this money and they just told me this. You know, nothing, nothing about me. And um, and I know when I used to, I used to be um, a fortune teller at. Actually, as a booking agent started me doing this, it wasn't my idea, and I started to really enjoy it and study and do well at it. But when I would be reading someone's palm or two in cards at Underground Atlanta, and there'd always be somebody that'd come by and stick their head in the middle of what discussion I'm having, going, "You're doing the devil's work, aren't you?" You know, and scare the person I'm trying to help. And I just, you know, how do you deflect that? I mean, I would, I could look up and say, "Have you been talking to my mother-in-law?" You know. But as far as and, and that would usually get rid of people, but um, you know sometimes people do that. But but if you're coming at it from the thing of look, just give us what you would do a donation, we're not asking you for anything. Then people can say, you know, you're not out to fleece anyone. Uh, you and that's another reason why, as I've said, I was so glad and I'm so glad to have you here tonight on the podcast is because. I know you guys are very sincere about what you do. There's nothing in you that wants to fleece anybody. So let me ask you, too, about you've got some some fancy um, 
fancy equipment that I've seen on on uh, the paranormal TV, some of your videos. Could you tell us a little bit about that and and how it works, how you get it? Well, uh, for starters, Ghost Stop, uh, kind of like GameStop, um, is the place that we get a lot of our equipment and stuff from. Um, Ghost Stop, uh, as far as I know, provides people like ghost adventures, ghost hunters, all of their equipment, and more. Um, <clears throat> for the ghost equipment that we have, um, I will let Callie share about the spirit box so I don't talk too much. Um, okay. but, Sorry, uh, Callie. <laughs> um, the spirit box that we have, which comes the most useful, I think, um, it's like a little radio box. It's basically the size of like a normal phone nowadays. Um, it basically scans through radio frequencies and you can choose the speed. And if a spirit is trying to communicate, you will hear them say like words or sentences to you through the radio frequencies. And the one that we have, I believe it's called a spike sensor that if you record, which you have to have like a little 32 megabyte thing, whatever, but you can record it and it will do a spike sensor, which what that does is it scans through the radio frequencies as fast as it can. And when it detects a spirit trying to talk to you, it slows it down a little bit to where you can hear it clearer. Okay. And then we have an EVP that we use, um, which I normally use the EVP the most of the time. Um, I use it – I wear it as a watch because it comes like a watch that you can wear on your wrist. And what the EVP does is it basically picks up all the electromagnetic fields and stuff, and it can understand spirits like when they speak um, since – most people says that spirits are speaking on a different plane, which they are, and so it requires a very special, specific kind of thing to use to be able to hear them, and that's what EVP – the EVP is used for. So we'll run that sometimes when we do our stuff, and then we'll uh, kind of put that on pause and then use our spirit box. Other things that we use um, – Missy has a camera that she uses. It's pretty much a basic camera that you can get. Um, online or whatever, and takes pictures. Uh, those cameras are really good for picking up orbs and stuff. Um, and, and phone cameras can sometimes pick up uh, orbs and stuff as well. As far as we do use our phones, but not as much, and because phones doesn't have the proper um, technology and stuff to pick up anything electromagnetic. And so if there is anyone that thinks that using their phones may help, we suggest that you don't because phones aren't programmed to actually have the electromagnetic field readings and stuff. Um, so the best place to go is Ghost Stop. Um, and we, own, we strictly buy our equipment from there and there only because there is people out there that tampers with equipment and stuff and sells it. And you never know, like if you buy something off of Facebook Marketplace or something, um, if it could have been equipment that's tampered with. And so if you're using it and something happens, like if it goes off or something, you really can't verify that it's genuine because it's mm -hmm. not from a real genuine ghost hunter. Um, the people that's over Ghost Stop are ghost hunters themselves, and so that's why we better trust them than anywhere else. 
Okay. Okay. Got you. And interesting. Okay. This is something we I, we didn't talk about before. We've never talked about. And I'm going to introduce it, but if you want to, if you say this is not our area, let's move on, Jen. I, I will do it. Um, and that is. UFOs. Yeah, that actually ties into our name because most people doesn't know that upstate paranormal, that's the paranormal part. The beyond is your local legends like Bigfoot, aliens, and stuff like that. We're That is something else that we do get into as well. Oh, okay. Um, tell me more. Callie? <laughs> Oh, geez, pass it off on me. <laughs> Come on, that's right. Um, I think it was actually just around the time that we decided um, what the name change of the team would be, and we decided to look into, like, the aliens and stuff like that, and about, like, a week maybe later, um, his mom actually called us out to the backyard, and there was a little ball of light, like you would kind of see on an airplane or something like that, but it would be going, like, up, down, left, right. It would be going everywhere like that in slow little movements, and it would sometimes twinkle every now and again, acting like it was a star. And we actually have a live stream of that that's on our page and I believe our YouTube mm-hmm. that we recorded a little bit, and it stayed in the sky doing its little thing for about maybe an hour and then it just disappeared. And it's kind of funny. I'm not blaming any aliens <laughs> or anything for this, but it's right after that COVID hit. So I'm not saying anything, but <laughs> <laughs> the aliens did it. <laughs> I, I blame E.T. We blame E.T. for the cause of COVID. <laughs> Everybody Whoa. else is blaming We blame E.T. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, let me ask you. Is this what's what's the weekend the time change comes again? Is it this weekend, next weekend? November. I believe it's Last November weekend? 1st. Okay, cuz nobody knows what time it is anymore. Oh, it's November 1st. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back in the spring, that's when I was leaving my uh my steampunk con at Wild Wild West Con out in Tucson. We left on Sunday, turned our clocks forward an hour, and straight into the twilight zone. By the time we all got home, <laughs> it was lockdown. So we went from um, from steampunk in, in this little western village that you stay in uh, to that. So I was, we were hoping that you know maybe with the next change we'll change back or something. <laughs> but apparently, you need to be contacting your little friends. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> We'll have a long talk. Yeah. Did you did you did you realize how 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 stressed out Cat feels when you do that little orb thing? <laughs> you know, maybe it could have just been that cat of yours, but because your cat's pretty um, it's got a lot of personality. So I would say Cat's probably put put the word out there to ET to go. I am sick of this life. Yeah. <laughs> I Our want you to give being- them a taste of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, let me ask you, uh, Missy. What about you and the super and the supernatural? I mean, not the uh, uh, well, UFOs and stuff, and, and extraterrestrials. Any experience, or what are your beliefs? 
I've not never had any experience, but with the strange things that happen in this world, I happen to believe in it, even though I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm up for you seeing think- it, baby. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So I get the feeling whatever your ET is, you know, if they come around, Miss is going to say, well, it's about time I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> what took you so long? So. At, that, at that point, if we ever can come face-to-face with an alien and record it and show it to the world, at that point, our jobs as paranormal and supernatural hunters, I think, would come to an end. I think we would serve our purpose in proving that that stuff exists. Give <laughs> uh, me the clay to Nick Tuberock to or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, come on in, have some mashed potatoes. We've been waiting for you. So. Um, We've only got a few few minutes left, and I just want to thank you all three again: Missy White, Callie Marrow, Joshua Millwood, uh, the ACE team of paranormal investigators from Upstate Paranormal and Beyond. And now we know Beyond really is Beyond, you guys. So, um, <laughs> oh, and also, you know what? You guys have some really cool merch. I put a couple of pictures or at least one picture on the uh, slideshow. Uh, why don't you tell the people listening what kind of merch you have and how they get it and how they contact you for a hunt. Indeed. Uh, we have uh, a good bit that's already on there. Um, we have um, some face masks that, to fit in our modern era. <laughs> um, we have some fanny packs. Um we have all kinds of stuff. I think we have a mug on there, too, for anybody that likes collecting drinking mugs and stuff like that. Um, as far as new merchandise goes, uh, everybody here will be able to hear this first. It's not publicly been announced yet, but hey, here we go. Um, December 10th is our – it would be my fifth anniversary, but it's the anniversary of our ghost team and we are celebrating by putting brand new merchandise on our store that will hit live that day, and it's going to be unique shirts. We're putting some, uh, we're putting a pillow on there with our favorite catchphrase, uh, "Push Beyond the Veil." We're going to have, I believe, a blanket that people can buy with that on there too. So some really special, really cool, brand new merchandise. Um, the shirts and stuff we're going to have long sleeve, short sleeve. Um, hoodies, jackets. Um, we probably will put some like um, baby onesies and stuff on there too at some point in time because um, we got a little paranormal hunter on the way. So Ooh. I figured some people might want to <laughs> some people might want to dress their little ones in uh, in some paranormal shirts and stuff if they're if they really enjoy the team. But yeah, we've got a lot of exciting new stuff coming over time. Uh, the shirts and stuff that hits December 10th um, will be what we call founder shirts. Uh, they're not exactly like the team shirts that we have, but they do have the logo and our name and uh, some contact information and stuff uh, for people to contact us. Um, but there's all kinds of cool merchandise and more stuff. We might do some pop sockets and stuff in the future. Um, as far as getting the merch, uh, we are connected through Teespring which uh, everyone can go to our website and go over to our merchandise uh, page on there, and it takes them straight to our paranormal um, 
website on there where they can buy everything. And we're also going to be running a, a, a promo for Cyber Monday this year. So if anybody wants a cheap discount on getting anything, they can uh, look for that on Cyber Monday or the weekend before, actually. All right, so they just go go to the to the website or go to Teespring, T E E S P R I N G and open it. Like that. And you, you, can you tell who loves sound effects? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's just me. And um and then people cuz people aren't going to I don't know. I don't know what people are doing. I, there's no way I can predict or guess or anything what people are going to be doing as far as holiday, Christmas shopping, and so forth. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be ordering everything, and I'm not going to be getting out in the Christmas crowd. But uh, I'd rather order everything, and I like to order things from people I know rather than just somebody get everything that somebody else has, they'll have something special. So when people order, they can get something, uh, some of the cool merch, some of the new merch from Upstate Paranormal and Beyond, and then people can just open it and see the picture and go. Okay, that's the last one, I promise. So <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't hear that on the hunt one time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. So anyway, um, so thank you so much for being with me. And tonight, um, again, Josh Millwood, Callie Marrow, Missy White of Upstate Paranormal and Beyond. Uh, Missy, you're new to Madam Perry's Salon, and I hope that you will be back again and again. I will. Thank you. All right. Well, you're quite welcome. And what I Oh, this coming Wednesday, see, this is the 26th, the 28th of October, Graham Splater's going to be here. He is a music promoter out of Liverpool, England, but he's also got a lot of very popular books. So uh, he's going to be here on Wednesday night. And then, like I said, coming soon, we've got uh, Ricky Bird coming back. We've got mystery author Susan Cox, which they're mysteries, but they're funny, too. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Jamie K. McCallum, his book is Worked Over, and that, that, that's good. I'm not through reading it yet, but it's good. So you're going to love that. And uh, I, rather than play my regular outro music, everybody's got to swing. I think in honor of this, I'm going to go out with one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands, The Zombies. This is Madam Perry. We've been doing Upstate Paranormal in the because of yourself, because of each other, I love you all. When love runs high in the dark, give it to me easy. And let me try with pleasured hands.